Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of The Tailgate Show on Brawl Network. We are very excited to have an amazing guest today. We have Bill Zimmerman. Uh, You may know him from the uh, Windy City Gridiron. Um, He's also famously the executive producer of Mad Dog uh, with Chris Russo on XM Radio. Um, Bears fans might have heard his uh, podcast, Bears Banter, uh, which is a fantastic Bears podcast as well. And uh, if you follow any Bears Twitter at all, uh, you you can't miss Bill Zimmerman. Uh, He's become a staple on Bears Twitter. Um, All sorts of great information, great tweets. uh, And so we're just really excited to have him. Good evening. Bill, how are you, sir? That's quite the build-up, guys. I'll see if I can live up to it. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. I've got to ask you, man, working with uh, Mad Dog Chris Russo, he's a Packer fan. How's that work out for you? Well, he's not really a Packers fan. He's a Lombardi fan. Okay. Like, he could get two craps about Aaron Rodgers. Like, when Vince Lombardi went to the Redskins, you know, whatever that was, in 1970, 69, whatever it was, that was when his Packer fandom ended. So, like, gotcha. he's still obsessed. Lombardi Packers, but there, there's no ties to the current Packers. So basically for Russo, the sports world ended in about 1980. And, you know, I love it's everything pre-1980 is, is wonderful and everything post is, is you know, crap. So <laughs> gotcha. What what makes you a Bears fan? How did you get to be uh, associated with that? Oh, well, I grew up in uh, the Chicago suburbs. Okay. Uh, my family and tickets since before I was born. Nice. Uh, so, you know, born and born and bred Chicago and a Bears fan. Had to come to New York for, for work, for a job. Sure. And, you know, I've been working with M for, you know, a decade plus. But, but yeah, the passion's still in Chicago. Deep dish pizza over uh, over New York pizza. You know, the, 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 the roots are deep. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So it's certainly been a uh, interesting offseason, to say the least. Um, you know, I certainly think the Bears offseason's um, – you know, are never dull, but uh, this one coming off such a disappointing season. Um, what what would you say, you know, right now is is the most pressing issue uh, for Bears fans as they're looking into the to the next uh, week or so going into the off season? Well, I, I think it's split. I think a lot. I think everyone knows the offense is what needs to be corrected, and everyone's going to agree that the tight end position needs to work. Uh, I mean, look. Trey Burton needs to stay healthy. That that's the first thing. But to me, I think Bears fans are going to look at offensive line and the quarterback position, and it's just going to kind of depend on on which side of the argument you fall on. You know, is, are you a Trubisky guy who just had everything fall apart around him, and you think if that gets improved, then Trubisky will improve, or are you a guy that Trubisky altered, which although other things faltered as well, it was Trubisky that pulled them down you know, more than anything. And I tend to perform more in that category. The people that want an overall in the offensive line, that's just not going to happen. You know, Leno and Massey's contracts are immovable. Obviously, they're not going to do anything with right hair and Daniels right now. So I hope they, they spend and get a solid right guard. But to me, none of it matters unless they get a solid veteran quarterback in here that can, at a minimum, push to this yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as uh, I'm sure you know, and we've seen you following and reporting and listen on your podcast, every quarterback with a pulse that is even remotely uh, on the trade block or could be a free agent has been associated uh, with the Bears. You know, we've gone um, 
pretty uh, pretty hot with the Dalton rumors. There's another one that's come out recently. Uh, there's a podcast uh, called Scouts Honor Podcast at Paul Crane and, uh, and I guess kind of an old school scout I wasn't aware of named Dave T. Thomas. Um, and he he put out on this podcast um, that uh, he believes that the Bears have already met with Dalton. They've requested permission and met with Dalton um, and talked about restructuring a contract uh, if he were to come to Chicago. So this on the heels of, you know, sort of a loose rumor that, that kind of got some traction and got Bears Twitter going. Um, what do you think about, I mean, I, I think we've seen some of your opinions on Dalton, but he also mentioned that the Bears would go after Hooper, so they would be like a they would get Dalton, restructure, get his salary number down. I would imagine they'd have to trade something for him and then get Hooper. What, what do you think of that? I think that would be a fantastic season if that's where they started. Um, you know, assuming the new CBA passes, and I know you know there's some questions on whether it will or not. I think it will because I think the CBA is really good for the bottom half of the league. That's why you hear all the stars complaining and not the regular the regular players, so to speak. That gets passed. The Bears are going to have more money under the salary cap than they currently do, whether it's $10 million, $20 million, that, That's up in the air exactly what's settled there. But they're going to have more money, so they won't be as strapped for cash as they are right now. Uh, I think Dalton would restructure a contract. You know, my idea, I don't, this isn't inside information, but my idea would be something like, you know, bring that first year way down, you know, nine, 10 million, fully guaranteed, put the second year on the hook for, you know, three or four million, you know, so there's, there's one in the quarter year, so it's so guaranteed. And, you know, really escalate it, make that second year worth 20 million and or the 22 million, where if he earns the starting position, He's getting starting caliber caliber dollars, not the 30, 35 million that Russell Wilson's pulling in, but you know, right. solid dollars. So, and look, I think Dalton's been on their radar for pretty much the whole off season. Anyone who follows my Twitter, I mean, basically the first week of January, I thought that was going to be their main target. Um, you know, some Derek Carr rumors popped up. I love Derek Carr. Derek Carr's contract is a dream for the situation the Bears are in. Whether the Raiders make him available and. The, Bears are willing to pay that price, whatever it is, pick whatever it might be. I don't know. But to me, Dalton made a lot of sense from the get-go. I really think the Bears organization and the new coaches they brought in, you know, laser with ties to Dalton, a lot of the, a lot of the puzzle pieces fit and made a lot of sense. And, and Hooper, to me, is one of the guys where he doesn't do anything great, and that's not a knock on him, but he doesn't do anything poor either. Like, he's the kind of guy who's going to go, be able to go out there, get you 70, 75 catches, not embarrass you when he's blocking for the run game. He's just a solid player. And is that worth $10 million, $11 million, whatever it's going to be? Maybe not, but, you know, it's free agency, and you need to overpay for people. Now, you were down at the uh, the Super Bowl, the, the media portion of it. Um, you had mentioned that you kind of were getting a vibe that there may be tension in the organization if they don't move on from Mitch. Can you elaborate on who you think that is or – yeah, well, the the te- the tension to me lays in um, the fact that I don't know if everyone's on the same page about Mitch Trubisky, and they might be. That's the thing is, and and I'll just say say this much: Ryan Pace is a phenomenal poker player, and people who have real good information inside circles, NFL circles, really don't know what Ryan Pace is thinking about anything. 
So where Pace sits on Trubisky is is a giant question mark. Obviously, a lot of fans say, well, that's his guy. He's going to go down in flames with Trubisky if that's what ends up happening. But at the same time, Nagy's his handpicked guy, too. And if Matt Nagy is sitting there saying, this isn't the guy for my offense, then Ryan Pace has to almost make a choice, quarterback or coach. And I'm not saying that's the case, but if you, you know, if you kind of read the tea leaves and based on kind of what I was hearing, if you look at one of Adam John's recent articles, and I'll just say it since Adam John said it, he flat out in one of his articles said, it'll be curious to see if the relationship between Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky is tenable moving forward this season. And that's a huge tell in terms of where Nagy potentially is with Trubisky. If he's sitting there, sitting down with ownership, whether, you know, McCaskey, Phillips, sitting down with Pace and going, this isn't the guy, we need to do something, then this isn't an offseason where the Bears are going to be looking at bringing in Matt Moore and, you know, if, you know, if, if Trubisky falls apart in mid-October, then they're going to go with a, a decent guy. No, this is going to be a situation where they're going to have to have an open competition. Hopefully it's a legitimate open competition. And if it is Andy Dalton, you know, may the best man win. And I think most objective NFL fans, analysts, pundits, whatever you want to say, watching Trubisky play and watching Dalton play, despite how bad Dalton's season was, are going to lean towards Andy Dalton. Now, do you think if we bring in Dalton, would we draft the quarterback to, to kind of groom behind him? I think they potentially could. But I would say this, and this this is not any sort of information or, or anything like like that, but I think it's a really poor choice to go quarterback in the second round. I don't like that idea. I personally don't think the Bears are going to do that right now. I think the Bears are going to swing at a rookie quarterback like a, a major one, but I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's probably going to be next year. I think day three quarterback, you know, whether that be, you know, an Anthony Gordon type or, you know, if somehow from or hurts or someone likes that slips to the fourth round, you know, then then I could see the Bears doing it because they've got a boatload of day three picks, but they've got they've got no first round pick. They're going to have they're going to be in a situation where they need to have a couple rookies that contribute on this team this year. And those rookies are going to be in the second round, potentially the third round. Maybe you, you trade back a little bit, and pick up a third round pick along the way. I really don't like the idea of spending a top 50 pick on, let's say, Jake Fromm and trying to groom this guy. I, it just, I don't think it's wise a wise move for your draft capital. I think it's a much better idea to wait a year. I, I know Fields and, and Lawrence aren't going to be guys the Bears can look at. and I don't know who that third, fourth quarterback is going to be at this point. I've just kind of been toying with some tape, you know, maybe Jamie Newman or Purdy from Iowa State. Or, you know, there's guys that could develop into quality first-round prospects, and I think that makes a lot more sense. So for me... I would like to see, let's say it's Andy Dalton, day three quarterback, and, and if it's going to be Trubisky, then go to go to camp with those guys and then, you know, continue to evolve the quarterback position, you know, going forward this year and next year. Yeah, I think that um, one of the things that I was struck by Nagy's, uh, what he said at the Combine was talking about um, DeFlippo and he, the way he's going to work and the way he's going to have this sort of gloves-off approach. So I get the feeling that it's going to be, uh, hopefully, and I hope it is, a more of a tough uh, situation for Trubisky, a tough love type of a thing because he really has been so coddled. And, you know, we joke about on this show that, you know, he's he's got, you know, uh, quarterbacks wiping his butt and, you know, giving him a bottle at night. And, I mean, he's just, you know, I've, we, I've never seen – 
a quarterback treated so well by a Bears organization. I mean, it's bizarre. You know, we're used to, you know, we're used to quarterback controversy and fans being split on them. But, I mean, this guy, you know, is just babied. And obviously they haven't spent a second overall pick on a guy much in the past. But um, it's interesting. I I think, you know, you you talk about the division. I, I think it's pretty clear at least what Pace is saying and what Nagy's saying um, is there's, you know, there's definitely a want for competition. My worry is can there be a good competition in camp, especially after the new CBA gets signed and the pat, you know, the practices are even cut down more and you lose a preseason game. And we already know Nagy doesn't like to play uh, guys in the preseason, but they're going to have to. I mean, and that's what I would worry is can they have a real competition or is it just going to be, okay, Mitch, we know Dalton's a pro. <laughs> you, can you meet him at this level? You know, I just wonder how that competition will go. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. But I also think, um, I mean, you look, at, you look at Mitch Trubisky, and, you know, when you, when you hear analysts talk about Mitch Trubisky, even the guys who are against him, and well, I shouldn't say against him, it's not fair, but the guys who are down on him and just don't think he has what it takes to be an elite quarterback, they're going to say the same things. He's got all the tools, but that mm-hmm. always seems to be how the risky conversation begins. And if you look at that, what is the but? The but is the mental aspect of the game. It's processing the game, processing defenses, reading everything you know quickly enough, timing routes, all these things that we see him struggle in. And you know, the unfortunate thing is when you look at Mitch Trubisky's scouting reports from 2017 when he was coming out of North Carolina, the scouting reports are the same problems that he has now. And that's not to say that Pace was an idiot for taking him with that. It's it's saying that, you know, and he needed to work through them and improve on those, and they're not improving. So when you're in an open competition, there's going to be plenty of times in the QB room watching tape, you know, the, the mental aspect of the game, so to speak, where if Dalton's shining and gra- – if Dalton is grasping an offense – and what needs to be done with the office. Now he's done RPO lasers an RPO guy, you know, and I know that's obviously a big with Aggie. So it's not like it's going to be totally foreign to him, but Dalton is coming in to try and pick up a new offense. And if he's picking it up and, you know, outshining Trubisky in the quarterback room, that's going to be a big, big tell for this coaching staff, about where Trubisky is. I mean, Nagy said it in the combine. He basically said, I can't be around Mitch right now, but we told him, you need to be obsessed with watching tape. I mean, he basically told Trubisky, you've got a couple months, go out there, watch the film, figure out what you're doing wrong. You should be smart enough now to figure this stuff out. Come to OTAs in you know, May, whatever it is, and, and show us how much you've improved. That was clear what Nagy was telling the, the media at that point, at least to me, which is why... I freaked out. I don't know. You know, I had a podcast where I basically just screamed for 20 minutes because everyone's saying, oh, Pace fully committed to Trubisky and, and Maggie committed to Trubisky in those right. press conferences. Oh. Further from the, I right. you read between the lines. That, that drove me nuts. So right. when you sit there and say, is it going to be a true open competition? I think Matt Nagy wants it to be a true open competition. And, you know, seven on sevens and and training camp drills, and maybe they'll let the quarterbacks play a little bit in the preseason. I don't think that matters too much, but I do think they're going to have a pretty good idea where both these quarterbacks sit, uh, you know, come September 1st. 
How much do you think Nagy's really going to change this offense? Because that's another thing he talked about was molding the offense around the players and being able to self-scout and sitting down with his new uh, group, um, you know, and them being uh, big contributors. And this is what I was hoping. I was hoping in this in the season, I said, that, you know, probably around week 13, 14, I was like, they have to do what the Vikings did, and they have to get rid of the whole offensive staff and and bring in new people, and they did it, which is great, but I wonder how much they're going to be willing to really redo things, um, you know, for the talent. Well, I think they're going to rip up the run scheme. I, I think the, the you know, run scheme, which it basically filtered out that, Helfrich and um, he stand. Uh, thank you. Helfrich and he stand were the guys that really designed that run scheme. Nagy has said in press conferences going back to when he was hired that running the football was not his strength and he's going to rely on his assistant coaches to help scheme that up and get that, that forward. I hated the run scheme and I'm a Matt Nagy supporter and that run scheme drove me nuts because they had so much misdirection and guys pulling and going every which direction that everyone had to hit their block perfectly to get Montgomery to the line of scrimmage. I mean, just, right. you know, finally that Chargers game. And look, I'm not saying that's what they should have been doing all season because they're the Chargers offense. The scheme against the Chargers was 1992 football, just, right. you know, plow forward and run the ball. And, you know, it worked because you had guys just trying to maul in defensive linemen and doing what they need to do. That's not a way to be successful for 16 games. But the run game was the complete debacle. The passing game, to me, was not nearly as poor as people thought it was. It would, if you sat there and watched the All-22, and I get it, there's millions of Bears fans, and they're not going to sit there and, and buy you know All-22 film on NFL.com and watch it. But if you watch it, Nagy is scheming receivers open all the time. And Trubisky wasn't getting him the ball. So for me and the people crushing the offensive line all the time, the offensive line definitely took a step back and I'm not going to defend it and say it was good, but people trashing the offensive line and the pass protection and saying, that's why Mitch was struggling. The offensive line, like if you look at pass block win rates, they're in the top 20 and it's not as a team, it's not amazing, but it's not a disaster. Russell, the Seahawks pass while blocking is a trouble. Russell Wilson's still come, you know, for an MVP. Now I'm not saying Trubisky's Russell Wilson or any quarterback the Bears will be Russell Wilson, but it is possible to perform without an offensive line. The passing game had open receivers a lot, and I don't blame, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say the passing game was perfect, but it was certainly better if it was executed properly. The red zone, I didn't like a lot of things happening in the red zone. And the one thing I do like about this this uh, new coaching staff is I think Flip is going to have a lot of say in red zone design. I think it's one of his strengths, you know, with pretty much every – he's had some struggles as an offensive coordinator with calling plays or whatever, but his designs and, what you know, what he wants to do uh, in, in the red zone, I think he's going to have a big say there. I think we're going to see an improvement in the red zone offense. And I think if the passing game is executed better and if Juan Castillo puts together a better rushing attack, that this offense is going to take giant steps forward. And it doesn't need to be a top five offense. If the defense continues to be a top five defense and the Bears offense can be average, this is a good football team. This is a 10, 11, 12 win football team again. Are there any other free agents you uh, kind of have your eye on thinking the Bears might make a move on? Well, I'd like to know what the Bears are going to do at right guard. I love Graham Glasgow. He's from the Chicago area. The, he's he's versatile. 
He look, I, I haven't heard anything. If the bears are going to go for him, obviously, if you're going to pay, you know, 10, 11 million for Andy Dalton, if you're going to pay 10, 11 million for Austin Hooper, there's not much left in the bank. Um, I personally would love to see them go for Glasgow. Rashad Coward, I understand he's still converting, and it takes a long time. James Williams, it took three, four years for him to go from defensive line to offensive line, and then he was a right tackle for the Bears for 11, 12 years. So I'm not flushing Coward down the toilet, but you can't come into this season with Coward and Bars. And I love Alex Bars. I think he has the potential to be really good, but he still was a UDFA. I understand part of it was due to injury. But you can't go into there and say, we'll plug them in the right guard. I think they need to have some sort of veteran. I'd love to see them get Glasgow. I don't know what his market is. I hope you could get him for seven, eight million. Maybe that balloons the ten million, and that would be a problem. The other guy I want to see him try and get um, at safety is Jefferson. Um, he was released, so that's not going to count against the uh, comp pick formula. I think he would pair really well with Eddie Jackson. Look, Haha had a great season. He great value at three and a half million, but Ah needs to play needs to play back, especially when it's a single high safety. Ha ha's the guy who's got to be back there. And that forced Eddie Jackson to be up at the line of scrimmage a lot more this season than he had under Vic Fangio. And I want to see Eddie Jackson back there playing center field again, picking passes off and making plays. And, you know, if you look at a lot of advanced metrics, everyone says that they all point to the fact that Eddie Jackson still had a great season, but Eddie Jackson wasn't the playmaker making turnovers, defensive touchdowns terrorizing offenses like he was the previous season. And they need that Eddie Jackson to really start making plays. And I think if you pair him with someone like Jefferson, he's going to be able to do that. Yeah. You talk about the secondary and, and, and I think actually, if you, I think when we look back at this season for Eddie Jackson, I think it may be something that's actually was good for him to get a chance to kind of play a different role because he was forced to, because I was honestly surprised he did as well as he did having to come up. He, he looked good tackling. Um, he, he was more physical than I think he's been in the past. And, um, you know, I think Pagano uh, had a good influence on him, um, you know, and, and maybe later down the line, we'll look back on this and say this is how Eddie Jackson really became like a complete player. Not that he's not a great player, but he was, you know, sort of he had the luxury of Adrian Amos and he could really just play that center field and rove and, and cherry pick, you know, and he got all those picks. But I think we were in a discussion on Twitter today about Buster's screen, and then I was looking at Kyle Fuller's numbers, and Kyle Fuller regressed really badly, actually, when it comes down to, in my opinion, I mean, I looked at his stats, and his, his passer rating against was 102, and his completion percentage jumped like 12 points against, and, you know, I, I'm hoping that what what we think and what most people have talked about is that the injuries of Akeem Hicks and then Roquan being out and then, you know, Danny being out and, you know, all of that obviously contributed to the entire secondary kind of regressing due to the lack of the pass rush. Um, when they're rebuilding that, what do you, what are we looking to shore up the pass rush to help the secondary? Well, you know, good question, and I'm not sure exactly what they can do. I mean, a lot of this is, you know, if they're going to change something, comes down to Leonard Floyd. Um, you know, before I get to that, looking at the secondary, I don't think they're going to spend any more on the secondary. I, obviously, they need to do something with safety. I'm not saying that won't happen. But at right. the cornerback position, Fuller's obviously there. Screen, so, look, I'm not, I don't love Buster Screen. He had a nice season last year. 
but screen is versatile enough that he can bounce inside and, and play nickel or, or, or play outside. So he's got some versatility there. I think they're going to give Tolliver a chance. I think Roberson, uh, the kid from the CFL that they, they brought in is going to have an opportunity. You know, you've got Duke Shelley, maybe if Shelley shines, then maybe screen bounces to the outside. So they have some options there, but I don't think they're going to go spend seven, eight, nine, ten million on another cornerback. Maybe they bring in a cheap but I think they're probably going to spend on um, a safety and then they're going to go draft to get a six corner because they've got five on the roster right now that are viable. And I, you know, I had, I had Benjamin Albright on my podcast last week and Albright said that he thought the way the draft was kind of, kind of evolved that there were going to be some high quality cornerbacks available in the second round. Maybe that's something the bears might consider doing. Um, but, and so for the secondary, I think it kind of is what it is most likely, which means they're going to have to make sure the pass rush is what it was two years ago to protect the secondary. And as we know, the second, the, the pass rush wasn't there this past season. And look, when Akeem Hicks went down, I, un, I realized that I didn't appreciate Akeem Hicks enough. And this is coming from a guy who loves Akeem Hicks. And right. I really thought appreciated how much he did, but Akeem Hicks is almost as important to this defense as Khalil Mack. He's vital. I really thought Bilal Nichols and Goldman and and, and these guys were going to be able to kind of fill his void, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. No, it was the end of the world. It was a disaster without Akeem Hicks. He's critical. They need Hicks at at full go. Obviously, you need Mack at full go. Then it comes down to Leonard Floyd, who is a good football player. A lot of Bears fans don't like him because they look at the sack column and expect him to be a 10-11 sacks, and he's not going to be a 10-11 sack guy. Bears, you know, Brian Pace drafted him to be an edge rusher, and he's developing into basically a 4-3 outside backer who's good in coverage and, and run support. But he's, you know, he set he can set the edge on the run game, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to get to the quarterback. He gets a decent amount of pressures, but I'm not sure exactly what, what they're going to do. I think maybe trying to restructure his deal and extend him out a couple, three years at a cheaper rate. See if he's willing to do that. Maybe you spend a second round pick on an edge. I don't love the idea of just letting Floyd walk and trying to get another edge. Who's a better pass rusher. One, there's not that many available. And two, you're not saving any money. I mean, Floyd's making 13 million, but good quality edge rushers make that and more. Right. So, you know, I, you know, Vic Beasley, I hate Vic Beasley. I, I people tweet me, ah, Vic Beasley's better than Leonard Floyd. No, he isn't. Vic Beasley is terrible. Falcons fans were tap dancing when the Falcons announced that they weren't even going to negotiate. It's not that they weren't, didn't, they were, didn't want to give him a lot of money. No, they didn't even want to negotiate a contract with him. They just said, see you later. So yeah, Vic Beasley's, option, you know, the, the bottom line for me is I think they need to keep Leonard Floyd and maybe try and find a, a guy who can rush the passer as a, you know, a rotating, you know, third edge. But, you know, I, the bottom line is Akeem Hicks needs to be healthy. That hurt this defense a lot more than I realized, and I think a lot of people realized, you know, when it happened. I was probably one of those guys that tweeted you about Vic Beasley just because I thought his sack total playing opposite Mac would increase just as a pure pass rusher. But, I mean, you're right. Atlanta doesn't want anything to do with him, so there, there's something to that. Well, it seems like Beasley. Atlanta's th- – go ahead. I was going to say, Beasley's a pass rusher, and he's, he's, he's a better pass rusher than Leonard Floyd. He just doesn't do anything else. And if you ask me, and I, I'm not, and this isn't an inside information or anything, that second year where we had a giant sack total is fishy. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. 
Well, and I would say too, Ryan Pace is pretty stubborn about his guys, and if he's if if this season he's getting pushed off Trubisky finally, he's not going to let go of Floyd too, because he's about to have to let go of Shaheen, and he's going to have to maybe let go of Mitch, and if he has to let go of Floyd, he's going to be like sucking his thumb in his car in his garage because it's not looking so hot for his you know for his picks right now, um, you know as far as things go. Uh, it, the the thing about um, Floyd, uh, that the, there was a report, and I don't know if it's official, but they were talking about the Giants re-signed Leonard Williams um, to about $12 million a year, and I was thinking that might be something that – I know they don't play quite the same position, but um, he's a similar guy, high pick, hasn't really panned out in a lot of uh, sack departments. You know, he's been in the league since 2015. He's got like 17 sacks, uh, but he's obviously a good player. The Jets got rid of him. Then he had a pretty decent season for the Giants. You know, what 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 is Floyd's value? I mean, would the Bears consider rescinding the tag or the the, the fifth year and then just kind of letting him test the market? Or, I mean, I just, I'm not sure what his value is outside the Bears. I'm not sure exactly what Leonard Floyd's value is either, but but I'll say this. He, he has some sort of tradable value. So if, if you decide that you want to move on to Leonard Floyd, just rescinding it and letting him talk, I really don't like that idea. I mean, look, I, I, you know, second, third-round pick, I, I don't think that's necessarily happening. I mean, A.J. Bouye just got a, it was for a fourth-round pick, and he's got two years to control to Floyd's one. So when you look at it that way, I don't know if Floyd's worth more than a fourth-round pick. But at the same time, he's not worth just rescinding either. So when you talk about a guy like Leonard Williams, who I know the Bears love Leonard Williams when he got drafted. Everyone loved Leonard Williams. I think pretty much everyone's shocked that he's not a perennial all-pro. And and Floyd, you know, I guess in a similar vein, you know, you're talking about a top-ten pick that just hasn't developed to the level that, you know, that people hope. But... You know, what What can the Bears do? I think they want to probably try and keep him around and extend him and get that you know, $13.5 million. As a guy who supports Leonard Floyd, $13.5 million for a Leonard Floyd bucks is way too much. I'm the first to admit that. But, you know, can, can you get him down and get his cap hit down to $8, 9000000 million this year and maybe an average, you know, yearly value of $10, 11000000 million over the next four years and guarantee half of it? Maybe that's something Floyd's willing to do. But, uh, but there is definitely something they, they just – Sitting on Floyd at, at 13 plus million on this season and letting him walk after this year doesn't seem like a, the best decision. What about uh, Kwiatkowski versus Trevathan? I think that's the other big question that Bears fans have been kicking around and wondering about. What do you sit on that? Honestly, my, my where I sit on that is whichever one is cheaper. Um, they're both quality players at this point. I think Kwiatkowski took a lot of steps forward this past season, especially in pass coverage. Uh, you know, he was basically just a two-down bumper, but proved that he could probably be a three-down linebacker. He, and, and here's the thing. Trevathan, I think, really likes Chicago and may give the Bears a discount. I don't think Kukowski's going to give them a discount because Kukowski needs to make his money. Trevathan right. already got a you know a million-dollar deal from the Bears and collected all of it. Kukowski hasn't gotten anything more than his rookie deal. So if Kukowski has a market where he can get eight, nine million a season, which, you know, God bless him, you know, that's, that's great for him, and, you know, that shows that Ryan Pace found a great value in the fourth round with him. But I don't think the Bears are in a position with either of those guys, 8-9 million. I thought Kukowski was going to be the guy they were going to keep because I thought Kukowski was going to be cheaper. 
I thought Sapkowski was going to be getting, you know, four or five million a season. But if his market is below three five million, then Pervasion's probably the smarter guy. Give him a one year guaranteed deal on maybe a, a three year deal and, you know, cut his you know, he was making I think about seven a year, cut it down to five or six and, and go from there. Yeah, it seems like the that linebacker market's getting kind of tough. Like, there's a lot of guys on it, you know. You have Blake Martinez and the Rams back uh, guy, and you know, there's the it, it makes Kwiatkowski's value. I, I don't know where it's going to end up, but I, I, you know, it may not end up at at that much. But uh, yeah, I think it's the same thing. I like them both. I would ideally, you'd love to have them both back. That'd be amazing. But I don't know if that's a reality. <laughs> Get both of them. And, you know, you keep one of them and you bring back Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who did a really solid job late in the season when he got a chance as kind of that mm-hmm. third back. Because Iggy, Iggy's a pretty good special teams player, but there's a reason Iggy's not getting on the field defensively. He's clearly not there. I don't think anyone should rely on him uh, to, to play actual defensive snaps. So make Kevin Pierre-Lewis that rotational inside backer. You got Roquan. And then, like I said, it's either Kwiatkowski or Trevathan, but I don't see any way they keep both. So for, former uh, Green Bay Packer James Jones came out and basically said if the Bears get Carr that they're they're Super Bowl contenders. Had, had, do you agree with that statement, or do you think do you think he's that much of an upgrade? I look, I'm a, I'm a Derek Carr fan, and a lot of you know once the Derek Carr rumors started, I really kind of dove into Raiders Twitter just kind of getting to see where it was, and it's really split on Derek Carr. There are guys who will go to their grave supporting Derek Carr. And there are other, you know, Raiders fans who would love to see him leave. I don't know where Gruden is on Carr. I, don't, I get the idea that Gruden doesn't love Carr. So there's always a chance that he might become available. But to me, I think Carr is a good player. I think Matt Nagy, he was on uh, John Middlecoff's podcast and was, it was you know, he's out in, in Oakland. Um, and he was raving about Derek Carr, how smart he was. And the one thing about Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy loves smart quarterbacks. That's why he loves Alex Smith so much. Alex Smith is a really intelligent quarterback. He likes guys who are as smart as him in the film room and can basically tell him what's going to happen, you know, defensively before Nagy figures it out. So I, I think Carr is that type of guy. I think Carr and Nagy would jive well. And, and the other thing I love about Derek Carr is that contract. He's got no guaranteed money left. That's three one-year deals throwing the franchise tag. You're on a year-to-year deal with Derek Carr for four years where the first three are only $19 million a year for you. It's perfect for the Bears because, yeah. you know, if you can get rid of Carr whatever you want. If he doesn't work this year, you let him go. You keep him for a couple of years. You bring in a rookie quarterback whenever you – you don't have to rush the rookie quarterback because you have a capable quarterback, you know, so – if the rookie quarterback comes around in 2021 that you want, great. If it's 2022, fine. 2023 even, it doesn't matter because you'll have a capable quarterback that you can, you know, and if Carr really excels in the offense, then you can extend him eventually. So I love the idea of Derek Carr. Are they Super Bowl contenders? Look, I think a lot of Bears fans thought coming into 2019 that this team was a Super Bowl contending team. They went 12-4. and four. You expected Trubisky to improve. And therefore, you thought this team was going to be a Super Bowl contender. So if I'm looking at basically the same roster in 2020 as I did in 2019, but the idea of Mitch Trubisky being a better version of 2018 made them Super Bowl contenders, then, yeah, I think it's a logical step to say that Derek Carr could potentially put this team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're big fans of Derek Carr on this show. Absolutely, Um, yep. And and I would love to see it. I mean, if they could somehow give that pick that they got in the MAC deal back, 
that would be amazing. And if that's all they had, I mean, maybe even a third round the next year or something. I mean, that would be amazing. I would, I would weep tears of joy if we had a quality quarterback like Derek Carr for four seasons in this town. I mean, it would be, it would be amazing. You speak about Super Bowl expectations. Um, sorry, just I was just say you talk about Super Bowl expectations, and we'll just kind of wrap up, you know, um, towards here. But is we had huge expectations last season. All Bears fans did, and I think we went over the top. I mean, we we went to the Bears 100 uh, celebration, and and you know we're in the room with all the old 85 Bears, and you know uh, yelling Super Bears, Super Bowl, and getting gassed up by by all these guys, and really drinking the the blue and orange Kool Aid. And I'm super gun shy to get into that headspace again. What would you say to Bears fans as to how they should feel? about their team right now because obviously Bears Twitter is is a land of great overreaction um, on every any given day and it's you know you got people ready to jump off a bridge and you got people that are defending Trubisky to the death and you got people that would literally probably like crash their car into him if they saw him on the street like what, what, what would you say to Bears fans just to say hey this is where I think we're at you know, and this is where I think we're headed. All right. Well, well, here, here's the first thing I would say. We, as Bears fans, we're all sorely disappointed in the 2019 season. But take a step back, an objective step back, as like the national media or national fans would. The Bears went eight and eight. Eight and eight. That's not terrible at all. Eight and eight's okay. It's not obviously what what anyone wanted. But that shows where the expectations were. Most seasons, Bears fans do a backflip for eight and eight the way they've been the last, you know, 20 years, other than a couple of years with Lobby. So when you look at that and go, you as a Bears fan that watched that season, and yeah, Trubisky was a mess. Nagy had some questionable play calling. Hicks went down for more than half the season. All the things that went wrong, the offensive line, all the things that went wrong, they still went eight and eight. If you can improve a few things. This team can easily get back to the 10, 11, 12 win category. I mean, not only, and I'll say this, not only eight and eight, Kevin Pierre Lewis doesn't have that penalty against the Raiders. Right. And, and uh, Pinheiro hits the field goal against the Chargers. They're 10 and six. Now, 10 and six wouldn't have gotten in the playoffs this year, but they'd be 10 and six. Right. That's how close this team was to being good. You improve a couple of those things. And I think some of the coaching maneuvers they did in the offseason are going to help. This team can get back. Now, I don't think people should go into this season with Super Bowl expectations, but a chance to make the playoffs again? Absolutely. There's no reason if Ryan Pace makes the right moves this offseason that this team can't be contending uh, for the playoffs again. Last one. Do you think that Ryan Pace and Nagy are on the hot seat? I think their seat is a little warmer than cool, but I don't think they're on the hot seat. I think a lot of people are in here sitting there saying if the Bears don't make the playoffs, they're going to clean house. I don't think that's the case. I know for a fact ownership loves Ryan Pace. They absolutely love him. They support him. Are they disappointed in, in where they are? Sure. But when I say that, a lot of fans go, you know, one winning season in five years, how can they possibly like Ryan Pace? The one thing I say, and the Bears were not, forthright about this when, you know, when they did it, Ryan Pace was doing in essence, a Theo Epstein type rebuild. And I understand you can't really compare baseball to football, but after two seasons, there were five guys left 
from Phil Emery. Five. It was mm-hmm. it was Fuller. It was Leno, O'Donnell, McManus. <coughs> uh, excuse me. I am drawing a Kyle, blank on whoever Kyle else. Long. Kyle Long. Uh, yeah, Kyle Long. Yeah. That was it. Right. He blew up the whole roster and mm-hmm. started from scratch and tried to build through the draft. That was going to take time. And when he finally had the opportunity to strike for a quarterback, he took a swing and he missed. And that's the problem. If you look at the other 52 guys on the roster, they were in really good shape and the, and the quarterback failed. I, that's, that's a big right. position where I am. And I think that's where ownership is on Ryan Pace. So I think he had a long leash and was almost penalized in a way because I think they had quicker success with Nagy than they expected. Not that they expected eight and eight in year two, but I don't, you know, but basically they went from 12 and four to eight and eight. And I think if it was eight and eight and 12 and four, everyone would be doing backflips. So I think pace is okay. And I think pace is a very strong supporter of Matt Nagy and, and backs Nagy to ownership. So I, I think basically if the bears are still just okay, seven and nine, eight and eight. I don't think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have anything to worry about. If the bottom falls out and this team goes four and 12, well then sure. At any point ownership could, could say that's it. You know, we're going the wrong direction. We need to start over. But you know, as long as this team is decent or improves, there's no reason to think that Ryan Pace is going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think what you have now is an organization that's a lot healthier than it was five seasons ago. It's a place where people want to come. They've got one of the best facilities in all of football now. You know, they've come a long way. Um, So I I agree with you. I think pace is safer than most fans want to think or even maybe even want to believe. So, but uh, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate uh, all the work that you do. We appreciate uh, following you on Twitter. Um, Love the podcast, man. Yeah, the podcast is great on Windy City Gridiron. Um, You know, obviously on XM Radio, you're the executive producer for Mad Dog, uh, Chris Russo on there. Um, And uh, anything else you want to uh, shout out or anything you got to plug before you bid us adieu? No. You, you you hit it all, you know, for Bears fans. Yeah, Bears Banter Podcast. You can get it on the Witty City Gridiron Podcast channel, so check it out there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll take a break probably this week. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick one up after uh, after free agency and kind of break that down because I kind of previewed it with, with Albright last week. But, um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's always fun talking Bears, uh, whether it's on my podcast or another podcast. Appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, hopefully Pace and uh, Nagy make the right moves here in the next couple of weeks to uh, get this team back on the right uh, on the right track. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll be in touch soon. Hopefully we'll see you. Maybe you can stop by again. All right, thanks, guys. Right, thanks thank a lot, you. Bill. All right, that was awesome. Um, Bill Zimmerman uh, joined us and you know gave us a really nice. Uh, amount of time there you know and really just hit all of the stuff i mean that was uh if if you just listen to that 40 minutes and you somehow have been asleep for most of the bears uh off-season twitter activities and uh happenings you'd be pretty well caught up uh, i think um you know just listening to that so that was great yeah that was awesome man and that that bears banter podcast he's, he's killing it on it I, I really enjoy it so it was cool to have him on get his perspective on things yeah, it's great. I mean, he, 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 you know, mostly agrees with us, which is nice. Um, you know, it makes me feel better about my opinions uh, to some degree, but then it also, um, it, it, uh, I would say, and I don't want to press him on it, but I still, God, I have a hard time with Andy Dalton. <laughs> like, 
I just I just have a hard time like being excited about that guy. I mean, and I don't really know why. I mean, I suppose I shouldn't. I suppose I should feel like, you know, we're getting a successful guy that, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I put this out the other day, that the Bengals, the Bengals are a more successful organization than the Bears over the last, you know, 20 seasons. So why am I crapping on Andy Dalton, you know, um, like, you know, it, 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 you know, and, and yet I'll prop up Matt Stafford. I mean, I've said if Matt Stafford was on the Bears, he'd be a hero. You know, I mean, it might be similar. I mean, if Andy Dalton had put the season that he put together on the Bears, you know, what what would Bears fans think about him now? Would they be, you know, kicking dirt on his grave or would they be, you know, I don't know. I just I have a hard time getting excited about it. It seems like a, it's becoming more realistic, and we don't know yet until, until it actually happens. So I, I started kind of watching highlights on Dalton, and there, there are differences, man. He can hit an open receiver. He can read a defense. I, I can't really – I mean, I'm, I don't dive too much into what the Bengals are doing. I know he's he's had a tight end similar to ours where it's just like not, not inconsistent availability in Eifert. You know, he's talented when he plays, but – He's been banged up pretty good, and and that that pod that you had posted earlier said he's the kind of quarterback that that really utilizes a good tight end. Pause. But then he, you know, it's inconsistent availability for him at tight end. So if they can get a guy like Hooper and bring him in, I I I just think he he's just more mature. Maybe they're kind of banking on something like with with Gannon when he got to the Raiders at 34 years old, was able to turn his career around because he got with the right coach. So right, well, and, and Nagy has seen this work with Alex Smith as well. I mean, Alex Smith, I think, was in his fifth or sixth year. Uh, you know, Dalton, this would be his tenth season, um, which is a little bit different. But I mean, I think health-wise, Dalton's pretty good. I think he's pretty durable. He's played a lot of games. He doesn't take a lot of hits. Um, Seems like a guy that teammates know. like too. You know, yeah, that, that's for important. sure. For sure, he's a high character guy, and that's important to the Bears. Um, I mean, know, I want Carr, uh, don't get me wrong, but I'm just looking right, at it from if right. this is what the hand were dealt, I, I think it's right. still an upgrade over Mitch. I mean, realistically, and we've talked about this, everybody's kind of talked about it, but if you're looking at how it's going to go, it's going to be Brady is the first domino to fall, and then everything else goes after that. So, you know, my thing is that I, I don't – I hope that the Bears are not – jumping out and being overly aggressive with Dalton. That's all. And to hear that maybe, and who knows if this rumor is true, it could just be another thing like Eli Manning having dinner, you know, kind of crap. But it, I don't think the Bears are in a situation where they have to be aggressive to get a guy like Dalton. I don't think he's that sought after. I don't buy his market being that uh, high. You know, um, I don't I don't believe the rumors that Dalton would be would have the Patriots interested in him like I that doesn't that just doesn't strike me as something that would be true. Um, So my my concern was when I heard the Dalton news is that people were talking about a second round pick. And I just I don't see how that could ever possibly be true. Um, You know, so I guess the the question would be the reason why if if they're drafting Burrow. That that drives his market down. He, they have yeah, I mean, they have to make that they move. They need to cut way. him. Like I mean, they're gonna. I, mean, I don't know if their cap space necessarily dictates that that they want to cut him. But but Burrow's gone on record as saying that he would like the Bengals to keep AJ Green. 
So Green's probably going to get franchised at, you know, $17 million. I don't know the Bengals' cap situation, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to keep Andy Dalton around at that number. Right. So, you know, but on the other hand, if you trade for him, then you have you own him to negotiate with him. And, you know, maybe they don't want him to go on the open market um, to, to have to deal with all that. So I don't know. I mean, it's just funny to me how the Bears have this quarterback situation, have all these question marks, and then they bring in these coaches that have all these clear narrative through lines to all these guys. Like, it's just it's just funny. It's like it's like sometimes, you know, I feel like uh, we're I, I just, it's funny how right we are sometimes on bears twitter and bears podcast like i'm always kind of surprised like you know and i know pace is hard to read or whatever but it's it's just it's interesting how it's going um i you know and i and the one thing i can't tell is i don't know how much they believe in mitch like i know that Nagy believed in him a lot last year but um i mean i know i you gotta believe that Nagy. Has to be very shaken right now in his belief of Mitch. And what I'm hoping is that Mitch is not near them. They got all these coaches who have absolutely no allegiance to Mitch whatsoever. They just watch Mitch basically get an entire offensive staff fired. I mean, that's really what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say a lot of other things about why the offense failed, but that's really what happened is that Mitch got Heastand and Helfrich fired. <laughs> like, period. So they don't want that to happen to them. I mean, they need to, you know, they need this to go well so that they can get another head coaching interview or offensive coordinator job or whatever the case may be. So they're not going to, I hope, they're not going to pull any punches. And I hope that Ryan Pace is smart enough to let them do their job. And it seems to me, and that's a couple things that he said, is that, you know, he talks about I don't get involved in who plays or who doesn't play. Um you know, it's just my job to give them the personnel and then they decide what to do with it. I don't know if I 100% believe that because in, in the same breath, Nagy and Pace will talk about how in lockstep they are with everything. But I hope that DeFlippo and Laser and even Ragone, who's Mitch's buddy, are having real honest evaluation of Mitch. And uh, Nagy also alluded to a couple other things, too, where, you know, he kind of there was a little bit of Mitch blaming more than um, in the past, you know, kind of talking about like if you guys were in this room and we're watching the film, you would see why these things aren't going the way they're going to go. And basically saying some of it's Mitch, some of it's not Mitch. But you have to I mean, even a, a, a untrained eye can see when somebody's wide open and Mitch throws it over their head. I mean, that's just that's not difficult to see. You don't have to coach flag football to know that yeah and I, I i don't i don't know how much they're behind it you can't really drive his value down so you got to keep it positive for the media if you, if you do decide to trade him you know what i mean you can't mm-hmm. he's the only quarterback right. on the roster that it, yeah it's they're just walking the company line at that point but i can't see matt Nagy. i mean we saw frustration on the sideline i'm not trying to get into too much body language but I, this i think uh riddick even said like kind of alluded to like yeah, Nagy he, he mentioned kind of like Nagy wants to move on you know what I mean and right you can't you can't really honestly in your heart of hearts 
really be willing to risk your career on, on him at this point. Well, I, yeah, there's, I mean, there's no way, logically, unless, unless there's no yeah. no option to upgrade. If it just falls that way, you got to deal the hand you're dealt. But the, they're they're exploring every option. I mean, it's not everything's been leaking. They're right. looking at every single option. You know, I, I think. Well, if, put yourself in Nagy's shoes, and you you're in Nagy's shoes, and you just had a you just worked your butt off, had this meteoric rise, got this job, and then you're gonna let this guy make everybody think that you don't know what you're doing and get you fired? Like hell no. Right. You know what I mean? And and again, we've talked about it. Like, you see what how different things look when Chase Daniel comes in. Somebody who knows the offense and can process. And Bill Zimmerman just said Nagy loves smart quarterbacks. Mitch ain't a smart quarterback. Sorry, nice guy. You know, great, great. You know, uh, you know he's not a. You know, nothing to say about him. Bad. You know, he's a great teammate. Uh, guys want to play for him. Guys pull for him. I just don't think he's that smart. Like I don't think he's, I don't think he's next level smart. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not, you know, he's not in that echelon. Um, and then his instincts and his tools are not such that you can overcome that. I mean, people made a lot this week about this interview on the HBO show, The Shop, about with Mahomes, Mahomes talking about. How he just now learned how to read defenses, and everybody's like, "Oh, look at that! Look, Mitch!" Blah, blah. You know, it's like it's it's not the same. No, it's way different. Like, like it, it just it doesn't like to say what Mahomes is saying is that he's not to the point where he can walk up to the line and rattle off what they're doing instantly. But he is smart enough, and his instincts are good enough, and his physical ability is good enough that he can make it happen. Now, of course, they have Kelsey, they have Tyree Kill, they have you know Watkins, they have these guys. So it, it's it's not just you know um, it's not just that. But the, like we as Bears fans, and I know that it's hard, but we've got to stop making parallels between these guys like we just it just can't be done it's it's so intellectually dishonest and just makes people sound like absolute idiots when they when they compare Mahomes who is a MVP and a Super Bowl champion he is no longer the guy that was in Mitch's draft class he's on his own level now right. he's his own guy he's going to make 40 million dollars a season you don't mention him in the same breath. You don't put up that Pro Bowl picture of him and Mitch anymore. They don't intersect, like, at all. Like, they are not the same species anymore. So People are going to use that as a defense mechanism right. for, for Mitch, though. Like, we were told mm-hmm. that Mitch was there, re- able to read defenses. If this is the Mitch right. that can read defenses, <laughs> we're in trouble, man. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, people are descending, and, and I'm like, he still can't count the box. He still can't make the right call in the RPO. Nagy uh, is doing Defensive coordinators post snap are just eating him up, eating him up. Oh my god. And then and then they're disguising stuff so much and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, and Nagy's trying to help him, but the problem is is that all it does is confuse him. Like, you know, it's supposed to be the, uh, the the receiver goes in motion and the corner or the linebacker picks them up. Oh, they're in man. It's not that difficult. Like, you know, like, but he doesn't even see that. And 
I mean, yeah, if he had the tight ends, you know, it would have been a little bit better. And, yeah, if the offensive line was a little bit better, it would have been a little bit better and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, like, you have to – Nagy and and company have to have come to the to the realization that Mitch is not the number two overall pick. And the question now is, is he a guy you can win with or not? You can, He's never going to be a guy you win because of. I mean, we yeah, said – you know, and really, Pace is the only one in the room that has ties to that pick. Right at this point, you know what I mean. Ragon, yes, he he's still there, but like offensive coaching staff, besides that, nobody's married to this kid. So th- their input is no. coming from a place where they had nothing to do with that decision. So it's it's gonna I be would, interesting to see how it plays out. I would love to be able to talk to Allen Robinson unfiltered. Because this is a guy that went through he's the keeping his composure, thing. man. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. He's a pro's pro. It's wild though. Like you look at the parallels and every we we, we call you know, we call bullshit on it, but everybody oh, said yeah. that the Bears are the Jaguars, the Bears are the Jaguars, the Bears are the Jaguars, and we're like, No, no, no. You know, and that's what people have to understand that everybody thinks we're just like haters on Mitch now, but we we flew the Mitch flag hard, man. Oh, yeah. We went hard for Mitch. It, harder than that was necessary. Came up with all sorts of reasons why he was really good and this and that. we were going, yeah. Yep. Oh, we bought it hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you know, but Robinson has really been through this whole thing, and there's got to be part of him that's just like, good Lord, are we doing this again? Like, he's an elite receiver that should be mentioned in the the top five, you know, with with your, you know, uh, OBJs and – you know, um, I can't think of the Falcons uh, receiver right now. But, you know, he should be mentioned in that breath. And the only thing that's holding him back is that he's had crappy quarterbacks. Right. And he still put up numbers, you know, and he got hurt. But he's still young, you know, and, I mean, it's got to just be brutal for him. I mean, I know he's not that guy. But somewhere in his heart of hearts, he's got to be thinking, like, why can't I have – a damn quarterback. You know, just like Bears fans are just like, why does everybody else have a quarterback? Like I said the other day, like, what must it be like to know that going into the offseason, there's just no question marks about your quarterback, that you just know, like Seattle Seahawks fans are just like, they're not worried about their quarterback. They're talking about Davian Clowney, will he resign? You know, they're talking about, you know, will Marshawn Lynch come back, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. They're not worried about their quarterback. They know that they have a guy that even if everything else goes kind of sideways, he's going to keep them in the in games. He's going to – Russell Wilson can take them to 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven by himself. When do Bears fans get to have a guy like that? <laughs> yeah, and I understand the frustration. Like, Dalton doesn't, like, it's not like, oh, yeah. You, you, it's Selfishly, yes, I want a franchise quarterback to come in here and, and replace Mitch because we expected Mitch to be the franchise quarterback, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, okay, when I first heard about Dalton, I'm like, is this the Glennon re- rewind? Like, we're just bringing another guy in just to try to float until hopefully something breaks. Or, But mm-hmm. I, I, I think... I think Dalton could definitely lead this team to the playoffs. I think he, Robinson would be better off with Dalton. And he does yeah. throw some risky throws, but he he's he's just if you watch him, 
he is more confident than Mitch. He he, oh, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't get rattled with pressure. Even off the run, he's not he's not as athletic as Mitch, but he could still get himself in position to throw a solid a solid pass. I mean, I know Mitch has that skill too, but he's just more of a pro. He's just no. I mean, if you if you tomorrow if you have a game on the schedule and you you say Mitch Trubisky is starting, and then you say Andy Dalton is starting, the line in Vegas changes. The defense has to change to everything they do. You know, Dalton is Dalton is an official NFL quarterback. He's official. He, he you have to think about him as a passer. Right now, defenses don't even have to think about Mitch as a passer. Yeah, Not make him all. play quarterback was a thing. You know, like Dalton could play quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they told us that. I mean, the Packers <laughs> had you know, and we freaked out about it too. But they told us, you know, please, yep. Let this kid play quarterback. We would love it if he threw it 50 times. There you go. Exactly. I mean, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just so depressing having another quarterback that's like this. I mean, you know, you remember D'Angelo Hall, uh, you know, talking Cuddy. smack about Cuddy. And, I mean, it's just like we've always got this, like, punchline of a quarterback. Like, it's so depressing. It is. It's so brutal. It's like, I want, you know, and I I just, I don't know. I just, it's just hard. Like, so if that's what happens and they give, like, so if the scenario is they have to give up a, I don't know, a sixth, like, give up a sixth round pick, they get Dalton, they extend him two seasons, maybe, and it's not a huge, you know, um, then, okay, fine. So you give Mitch a shot. If he doesn't beat him out, then he closes the door on Mitch. In an and honest I think competition, Dal- I can't see him beating him out. No, it would be it would be so unlikely. And then and then what you have is going into 2021, you you have to draft a quarterback. Um, I mean that's just the reality. Uh, you know, I mean, and I, I guess to some degree, I suppose you could see a similar scenario with Mariota. Um, that was if, the guy I was going to bring up as a possibility, yeah. yeah. Without the trade. I mean, I suppose if I'm willing to go down this road and think of and, – and, and, and basically – I mean, basically Dalton is and Mariota are the same, except Mariota's only played four seasons, you know, um, or five seasons. And, you know, I mean, essentially, the, you know, they're, they're about the same. I mean, Mariota's had some decent years. He's had some down years. I think he actually went to the playoffs once. Um, you know, so if we're kind of in this, you know, kind of middle ground where we're not going to get a top guy and we know that we're not getting Brady, we know that we're not getting Bridgewater, we know that we're not getting, so what we're going to get is the next tier. I mean, I suppose I could entertain the idea of, of Mariota, you know, and Albright's been talking about how that's a hot topic right now, the Mariota reclamation project a la Tannehill. Yeah, you're gonna see Mitch like get a couple games to prove himself, though. I think if we bring Mariota in, but I was I was reading an article earlier this week and it was saying how Mariota's good when he's when he's asked to stick to a task. It's mm-hmm. it's like the improvising that he gets a little thrown off on. But this offense is pretty task oriented, so he, he I think he I think he'd fit in pretty good. Well, I'm not, was, I'm not saying we were going to the promised land with Mariota, but I, I no. this is a guy that would come in with some fire to get a second shot too. I mean, look, at the end of the day, like I I want to be in competition for the Super Bowl, I really do. 
But also, I just want to enjoy myself on Sundays. Like, I just don't want my stomach to hurt. I don't want to be, like, angry when I have to come do this podcast. Like, you know, like, it's 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 just, like, I want to not be the butt of jokes. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that Mariota could be that. Dalton could be that. I don't think either one of those guys is going to embarrass us. Um, and I think Mariota could be had for $10 million a season. I don't Probably. see I don't see the market for him uh, being that uh, that high. Yeah, um, not a starter. Definitely, definitely a second chance, a backup. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I guess the Raiders get rid of Kaiser and Glennon, and who I think they have like five quarterbacks on their roster right now. Mm-hmm. People have kicked around, people have been kicking around the idea of Sudfeld out of left field too, and I'm like, huh? Like that one's. That one's I don't get. Like I mean I know that there's some, you know I guess he was on the Eagles and whatnot. You know like you can draw some through lines, but to yeah, me that one. Would... Names in free agency though it's like how are, these guys are still in the league like with the quarter. I mean right. Fails is still around. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it just goes to show you. It just goes to show you that if you can spin it, you know. I mean people were joking about PJ Walker the XFL guy getting a look but Sam about Seattle and it's like then you remember that Seattle's backup is Geno Smith. Yeah. So it's like yeah, Wild, you know man. what? Like these guys are going to get a look and I think Mitch unless he, you know, um goes full Jameis Winston and throws 30 picks is is a guy that's probably going to stick around and bounce yeah. around and you know and all that kind of stuff. But then by the same token, what, what drove me crazy last year was just like there were all these teams with these third stringers and, you know, drafted guys that were coming in and, and they were all looking better than our second overall pick. And that's what, you know, that's what makes you want to, like, drink the bleach, you know, because. Well, yeah, and that, that you're right. You, you kind of nailed that because this is also a league that's set up for quarterbacks to succeed like never mm-hmm. before. Like it's right. not not like back in the day where they were getting their their asses handed to them because they could get pulverized by defensive players. Like right. the rules are set up, and right. you can't rough up receivers anymore. Like it, it's set up for quarterbacks to succeed. So this whole like waiting three years, four years, these guys are having success earlier, man. Like right. you can revert back to that just to defend him. But I mean, it, it'd be great. I hope I hope a, a switch flips up and Mitch all of a sudden becomes great. I just don't see it, man. Yeah. I know I, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it. The only uh, thing that 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 pissed me off about what Pace said was that he brought up the Drew Brees thing, and I know he has firsthand experience, I guess, but I just feel like it's such a lazy narrative. Like, I mean, it's you know, it's just it's like the one thing that you can pin hope to. He didn't is. bring it up that they drafted Rivers, though, because of it. So where, where's right, our Rivers pace? Right, <laughs> and he had to change teams. Like, so that doesn't bode well for a guy staying. It goes to show you that he can that, – that, that a change of scenery, yada, 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 can make that happen. Same thing happened for Alex Smith. But there is no comp where a guy sucked and was ranked 30th that's the thing is that when even when Drew Drew Brees was bad, he was still only middle of the pack bad right. ranking. He was not he was not thirtieth or thirty second or thirty fourth. I mean, there's things that Mitch was thirty fourth in. There's only thirty two teams. I watched like, Brees' college, man. There's the comp. I, I get the storyline, oh, yeah. 
but yeah. Breeze was a different cat, man. Like, yeah, I mean, Breeze is, Breeze is like, a, you know, had a full-on, like, you know, college football Hall of Fame type of career before coming to the league. You know, not like 12, 12 games for, you know, a basketball school and get right. everybody all hot and bothered, you know, because, uh, you know, because they don't want to draft a black quarterback. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't buy any of that. My uh, the only I wish I had asked Bill was about, and this is something that I brought up before, but I feel like receiver is is a is a bigger question mark than I think we're letting on. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not sold that Anthony Miller is going to be healthy, and I don't know what he's going to be without a good quarterback. Um, you know, and. And, you know, you look at this draft and there's a ton of receivers. So it's not going to shock me to see them take a receiver in the second round if there's a guy that has a high grade. And and honestly, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I know. It's deep at receiver. Like, I know people like Javon Wims, but that's the thing about Bears fans is, like, all you have to do is catch, like, one pass in a game one time. And there's about – a thousand bear fans that will buy your jersey and fall in love with you. Well, yeah, that will, big first preseason know. game as a rookie. Yeah, I mean everybody's just been in love with Javon Wims and they're in love with Riley Ridley because of the scouting reports. And the Bears PR department does an amazing job of selling these guys to us, you know. And we're so rabid that we just eat it up. I know, think Ridley. Ha- I think I think Ridley still has a chance. Like I think he might break out a little. I bit. agree. I agree he does, but my, you know, and I said this before, but my concern is I don't know if this, if these guys are being developed very well. It, it all stems from Mitch too, man. Like how do you, yeah. how, how do you evaluate right. these guys when you have him playing the right. way he's playing? Right. Well, that's the thing too, is it's like, how can people sit here and criticize the play calling when you don't know what the play was? All you can see is how they ran the play and you can, get upset maybe you can get upset about the sequencing or what you feel like they should call versus you know but again like how can you get mad at nag mad at naggy when you don't know what the play was and that's you know i think naggy almost to a fault defended mitch too much you know and i hope that we just don't have to hear that he knows he he knows he needs to be better he knows and 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 the the fan that doesn't know like much about play calling will will buy that hook line and sinker, but mm-hmm. some some plays and some receivers assignments are also dictated by the coverage you're seeing. Right. So their initial route they were going to run on the play, it depends if the the cornerbacks on the inside or outside they're going to change right. their route. There's right. there's a lot of intricacies to that, right. and I just don't think Mitch is there with. with He's probably yeah. still thinking they're on their first route, not realizing that they have to go to their, se- their secondary right. when route. If you were to sit down with Mahomes and Reed and and those receivers, they would tell you that there's a million plays that went a completely different way yes. than they were supposed to. And that's what Mitch – Mitch is horrible off script. Yeah, and, I mean – And people want to believe that he's this, like, amazing – Lamar Jackson type of rollout like quarterback and it's like yeah maybe his accuracy improves on the rollouts a little bit but that's I mean that's what it's supposed to I mean that's like high school offense like cut the field in half give the guy a deep a deep an intermediate and a short uh, route to choose from and that's what he's got you know and it makes him makes him make the decision quick and, you know, or he could run with it. I mean, that's just, you know, that's like high school, you know, option offense. 
It and speaks to the passion of our fan base, though, too. Right. Like, I, I get the yeah. whole the arguing Mitch back and forth thing. It can get annoying or whatever. But the, I think just the fan base on a whole wants it so bad right. that even the people that are, like, in the Mitch Kool-Aid, like, they're just being passionate, yeah. man. Right. End of the and day. I agree. We all want it. Yeah. You know? And the other thing, too, that I think people don't for, don't remember is that when these press conferences are happening, they are not only being watched by the fans of the team, they're being watched by every other team in the league. They're being watched by every other player in the league. And you want to present yourself as a coaching staff that supports quarterbacks. Because that, and I think that that was one of the worst parts about the Jay era, was not only was it, bad because Jay was not great, but there was also this this very, like, from the outside looking in, Chicago sort of became known as this toxic environment for quarterbacks, you know? And so from the standpoint of if I'm Andy Dalton and I see, okay, I know Mitch is good, but I see a coach who's supporting him. I see a coach who's doing everything they can to support him and to make it work for him. I see a GM who's trying to get it to work. I don't see this guy being thrown under the bus. I say to myself, oh, I'd like to go play there, you know. Right. And if you if you were an outsider watching the J years, are you really, you know, you see coordinator after coordinator after coordinator. You see, you know, Jay getting trash in the media. You see... You know, this, that, and the other. Are you really thinking, boy, I'd really like to go there? I mean, you know, no. I mean, at the end of the day. I mean, although Lovey was, you know, I mean, he was, for the most part, he was pretty supportive of Jay. Um, Why are we going down this Jay rabbit hole right now? It's getting dark. I'm, I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, they are doing things for PR. They're yeah. doing things for solidarity. They're doing things for team chemistry. They're doing things for other reasons. Fans want coaches to go up in the presser and slam their quarterback it's just not going to happen no man it, it's frustrating i wanted i wanted watson we got mitch i'm like all right this is what pace has conviction on let's roll with it let's see what happens you know what I mean? i'm gonna back this guy and it's the same thing with dalton ultimately like no it's not a flashy thing but if dalton comes here I, i'm gonna try to do everything i can to back him until i'm proved that he can't do it man like i that's how i am as a bears fan i, I defended jay for years until like the last season he was here but uh, you got to kind of back your guy, man. That's part of the deal. But I just want improvement. And I don't really, ultimately, I don't care what the last name on the back of the jersey is. Like, right. are you better? Well, we'll right. take you. <laughs> right. If, yeah. I mean, if listen, if a better version of Mitch shows up, I'm going to scream God. just as loud for him. Believe me. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. If Mitch balls out, man, I'm here for it. I'm not trying to, right. you know, that's, that's what finally, finally it paid off, you know. But we'll see, man. It's going to be, this is a very pivotal offseason for this team like yeah it's gonna be wild when the river meets the road i mean it, it, it's definitely um you know this many quarterbacks being available et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. but don't count teddy out either no i wouldn't i mean i, I my hope here's my hope is that now Nagy and this new crew are involved in the decision making process that pace is not out there choosing his quarterback under cover of darkness like he did with with Mitch because that's what he did, um, you know. And I so think it's that's, just the name. I think it's just the name Teddy associated with the Bears that bothers you. Right. Sweaty Teddy. <laughs> Sweaty Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it could be Teddy Bear. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, it could be. You know. 
Um, I mean, he did look pretty good in that picture that I found where he's wearing those Concord 11s. Definitely. Woo! Um, I don't love Teddy Bridgewater myself, but if um, if they were to sign him, I would not, like, shake my fist at the organization. I mean, Dude, I would guys say... Guys in the locker room love him, man. And I right. just, I, he's, he's safe. Yeah, absolutely. And I would... If they were to say, listen, we have signed Teddy Bridgewater for four years... $70 million, you know what I mean? Like, somehow they made it work. They're going to extend Robinson. They 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 restructure Floyd, this, that. You know, they make it happen. I mean, the salary cap's fluid. The new CBA gives them another $20 million. Ooh, maybe. I hate that word with him. Right. But I just, I would not be mad. I would be like, okay, yes, you are, you are going after the problem. Now, you know, is it what I would do necessarily if I was in charge? No. I would try desperately to pry Carr out, off oh, of the Raiders. Yeah. Carr, Carr's definitely my, my <laughs> like I would give I, I would probably give two picks for Carr. I would give him a second and a fourth, you know, or a second this year and a second next year. I mean, and nothing's like, guaranteed. It's just his age. I think he I, he's had a, he's had good production. I think he'd work great with Nagy. And, and I also just feel like, just like Bill said, you could potentially have four years of him for for what is going to be a bargain, mm-hmm. you know, like absolute bargain. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, the Khalil Mack stuff aside and the rest of it, I mean, the guy's just, you know. Oh, Khalil would be hype if we got him. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it, but I just feel like if if they're serious about winning now and they are not adamantly – going after Carr, no matter what the Raiders are doing, then they're making a mistake. Like, I just feel like you have to, you have to go after him. Like, and I couldn't, I really could not see the reason why you wouldn't. Right. Like, and if he's available, if he's available, yeah, you gotta, you gotta at least. But I I think you gotta, you gotta, I mean, you gotta try to make him available. I mean, I just, like, you know, because let's say, I mean, I could very well see a scenario where Brady goes to Tennessee, Tannehill goes to the Raiders, um, Jameis, who the hell knows, he's probably going to stay in, in Tampa or maybe Rivers goes there. I don't think they move um, on from Carr if it's, I don't think Tannehill, so, like, takes over I, the But I think, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, why not? I don't think you can do that to the fan base moving to a new stadium. I don't think that would... Do it, man. Why not? There's a ton of fans that hate Carr. They're as split on Carr as we are in Trubisky. If you follow Raiders, if you follow Raiders blogs, podcasts, Twitter, I think it would have to be Brady Brady or nothing. Yeah, but let's say I'm just saying I could. Maybe you're right. I I just I don't know what the benefit of them getting Brady is except for marketing. I mean, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this, but Brady's going to go somewhere where he can win. Oh, yeah, now. San Fran, Tennessee the Raiders makes the most is sense. not yes. that. Right. San Fran right. or Tennessee or the New England or New England, Tennessee or San Fran are the places that are tailor-made for Brady to go to. Everything else, I just don't see it. I don't see him going to the Chargers. I don't see him going to to uh, the Bucks. Any of the, I don't really see him going to the Colts. I think the Colts are okay. I don't think the Colts have enough um, – you know, for him to feel like comfortable, mm-hmm. and you know, so I just feel like 
Tennessee or San Fran if it's not New England. I, I agree. Right, right, exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. And I just feel like once that might happen, um, you know, maybe – and then I think maybe Gruden has seen enough of Carr. I mean, I think the things that Gruden doesn't like about Carr is that Carr that. doesn't stretch the field. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, and then the other question, I mean, I think ultimately uh, Dak gets franchised. I think Jameis goes back to Tampa. I think he had the eye surgery. I think they're, you know, they like enough of his upside. You know, I don't know if they're going to sign him to a six-year deal, but I think I think he goes back there. Um, and, I mean, ultimately, I think, too, that they don't feel like, He's going to have another 36 turnover season. He's never come close to that in the past, you know. Um, so maybe the LASIK or whatever does it, and, you know, uh, they keep, you know, I think that's what happens. And then I, I don't know. I don't know what happens with Tannehill if that happens. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it was kind of funny, though. Like, so Aaron Rodgers tweeted out a – he sent the email about the CBA, his opinion on the CBA to all his teammates, <laughs> and nobody. No, nobody responded. Yeah, Lauren Cox quote tweeted it and said his teammates are like family to him, dude. I I lost it. That was like, <laughs> yeah. No, Lauren out at left field with like it's some like, Twitter yeah, ether. Like, he never says Lauren, much. You know what I mean? I know, right? That's pretty funny. Like little singer. I says I basically said the same thing. Like like you know that, that uh, his NFL family is the same as his real family. Like he got. Yeah, I mean, I, even if that's true, like, why would you let that come out? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have mean, no idea. It's going to pass. That, that thing is going to pass because it's good for most of the players. I mean, you've seen Sam Macho talking about it and some of these other guys. The rank-and-file players are getting a good deal. You know, it yeah. They have to deal with it in a public format. Like, I, I said on Twitter today, like, uh, we just settled our contract. It was a year-long negotiation, and the amount of the amount of feedback and argument just within your own union, right? Right. To have to deal with outside people giving their opinion when they have no idea what it's like to be on the inside of that, like that would be so frustrating, man. Right. I just don't. I wish they could just do it without. I understand it. It brings attention and it's good at you know keeping the league a twenty twenty four hour. Like a 24-7, all-year-long cycle, so I understand yeah. the exposure, but it's got to make it really, really annoying to have that that, that outside thing yeah, going on while you're trying to do that. What I, think, what I think that most fans don't realize is I don't think a lot of players even pay attention to it at all. <laughs> like, I think fans pay attention to it more than the players do. I so mean, players I think are chiming in, man. They are, but I'm saying, like, the rank-and-file guys, like, I don't I, – I don't – I know for a fact they're not going to read all 456 pages of it. Um, you know, they they have their player reps on their teams that basically their job is to answer questions about it. Um, have their agents read it for them? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, they don't read the contract. Most of them don't read the contracts. Most of them, most of them have been, get, been getting told where to go, where to sign, what to do, where to show up, which way to look. Where, I mean, you know, it's not a... Like, playing football is not, uh, you know, a, a sport for free thinkers. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's for uh, people that are good at taking orders, you know. Um, and then you got your few alphas that end up at wide receiver, quarterback, defensive, you know, those kind of things. You know, cornerbacks have become that recently. But, you know, I just don't – if I'm a rank-and-file player and I'm making $500,000 a year and you're going to tell me I'm going to get a 20% increase and another paycheck – 
done. Oh, and I get to smoke weed? Like, um, where do I sign up? Right. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, and then the bridge, is, bridge on uh, on NFL Brawl was talking about that. That's a huge deal. I mean, the fact that they they can't get suspended now um, for that is an enormous deal because uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be like pulling up to camp like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> smoke pouring I mean, out of the car. <laughs> like and 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 thank God too because these guys are you know have been getting you know destroyed by opioids and Toradol and and all these terrible drugs that the teams have been very happy to put them on you know and get them addicted to and I mean. There's a chance that if weed was legal this whole time, that Walter Payton's still around. I mean, because that guy's body was riddled with painkillers. Yeah, you know? I mean, they, they were, I think it was, I want to say Jim McMahon, I might not, yeah, I think it was McMahon in, in one of the books I was reading. Um, he said there were like bowls just full of painkillers in the locker room, They'd like candy. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what—that's that, what you know—that's what makes these guys die so young. I mean, aside from the concussions and things like that, I mean, wrestlers, you know, same thing. Like, you know, so so that's a huge deal. And and I don't think these rank and file players are are going to believe these rich guys when they say, "Oh, we set up a fund for you." Like, uh, okay, sure. I mean, these guys are making half a million dollars a year. Forty percent of it goes to taxes. Another ten percent goes to the agent. They're living check to check. I mean, it's not that much. It's not that much money. People act like, you know, it's this insane amount of money. Like, two hundred bump and pay for the practice squad guys too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Two hundred fifty k, plus you. You know. You. You know. You're. You got to support your. You know. Your family. And then when you get to be an NFL player, it's like all of a sudden you get to support your brother and your brother's family and you know your wife's family and you know everybody else that comes out of the woodwork and then. I mean, it's just, it's not. Okay, I think I'd be all right with that, though. Uh, oh, I could make it work. Believe me, <laughs> I'm not saying I couldn't, but it's not like people act like that NFL players won the lottery just by making a roster, you know. Um, and so I just, I, I just can't imagine a scenario where this thing doesn't pass. Like, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. And people compare it to the NBA. It's like, well, the NBA has like 12 guys on their roster. Right. Like you, you, there's 53 NFL players on a roster. Like you can't. Some of those veteran salaries in the NBA, it's ridiculous too, though. It is, uh, but I thought the other thing that was cool about the CBA is this veteran exception thing, where they can add a vested player, you know, uh, irrespective of the cap, um, which I thought would give an opportunity, you know, basically for guys to kind of ring chase. But it would be cool, um, you know, to see that maybe happen. Um, that maybe some guys would stick around. Um, you know, maybe older quarterbacks. I mean, I miss the days when there would be like, you know, a, a veteran backup on teams more often. You know, or maybe the veteran backup, but like the veterans that are, are looking for like one-year deals just to try to chase a ring. I think that extending the season actually keeps them away from wanting to do that. Like you're extending maybe. the season a game. I'm granted okay. you're changing the stuff on the front end, so it's not as much time in the facility and all that stuff, but. I think it uh maybe extending the season makes it a little more difficult for a guy that's on the fence about staying. I think that changes I mean, things a little bit. Ultimately, the problem is is that they took such a bad deal ten years ago, and now they're still recovering from it. You know, they went backwards from 50-50 to 47, and now they're crawling back to 48-48-5, and 
you know. So, but I just think I just it's think get pass. rid of the preseason as a whole. Like, do joints, joint practices. Mm-hmm. But like, why even play the games? Like, I I, I know you're like yeah, you, you're gonna have people money. say, oh, they should play, but they because they make money. I mean, they they you know, fans show up, the TV, yeah, the people watch it on TV, and people will consume anything. Um, I mean, people watch the freaking combine, you know. Like they'll watch anything NFL related. So at the end of the day, like it's just money that that sure if they don't the have practices. I agree. I mean, I I think that would be very interesting. Um, you know, show or, the training, show the open sessions for training camp on your website. Right, but it's nothing like the TV contract money. No, I mean that's all built into the built into the TV contract. So I think you'll work it into your your well, NFL and, and ultimately Sunday what ticket the NFL, package or something. Right. What the NFL will eventually want is 18 games, but but this year and whenever they start the 17th game, it won't be this year, but when they start it, it's I think those are all going to be a neutral site exhibition style games that they may be able able to sell individually, you know, um, as well. I mean, it could be like yeah, it's not the same because there's so many games, but kind of like the Winter Classic in the NHL or, you know, this season uh, the Cubs and the Cardinals are going to play in London for um, for a series. Um, you know, so I think that's that's something that's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, I don't I, and I think we talked about this before, but I could see the Bears and Lions playing it at the big house in Michigan, you know, in front of 100,000 people like that would be cool. Or the Bears playing in Notre Dame Stadium. You know, or the Chiefs playing, I don't know, Nebraska or, you know, whatever. You know, University of Texas, you know, hosting the the Cowboys. I mean, I could just see stuff like that happening. So I think they could get creative with it and make make money. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. It, All this Austin. Just, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to talk about Austin Hooper for a minute because there's yeah. been a, a lot of love for him. I, I just think like the only thing the only thing we got to factor in as a fan base. He had Matt Ryan thrown to him, and he had Julio Jones with him. And and Ryan, even on a Ryan, even though we thought like it was an, it was an off year for him, but he still threw for four over 400, 400 like four thousand four hundred yards, and had twenty six touchdowns and fourteen picks, had a ninety two rating on a bad year. Like this this is a guy that can get it done. And mm-hmm. do you spend ten to this? Do you spend ten to eleven million if 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 you're sticking with Mitch, on a tight end? It's a different thing like you're, you're playing with Mitch versus you're playing with Matt Ryan do you know what I mean and yeah I, I don't think if they make the move for Austin Hooper that they're sticking with Mitch no I don't think you buy Mitch a 10 million dollar tight end I mean they already I mean tried if you to have the money him. to spend that's one thing but. right they already tried to buy Mitch an eight million dollar tight end and that didn't work out so well um Although I mean, when 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 uh, Burton was healthy, it was okay. I mean, it looked all right. Yeah, when he was healthy, uh, wasn't, yes, wasn't amazing. Um, I mean, but what you want, I mean, I don't know. I, I we've talked about this uh, off air. You know, I want, I would like to see Ebron. I don't necessarily buy everybody being so down on him. I know he kind of had the one big season, and that was a fluke. And I know you said it's you know results of Andrew Luck, et cetera, but. Show me the tight end that had a great season with the bad quarterback. I got to think. There's not now. really that guy out there. Like you need a good quarterback for a tight end to have a good season. So I don't know if it's fair to to downgrade tight ends because they played with a good quarterback. Shocking. I mean, you could. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, but you, I mean, whether or not Eli is bad is kind of up for debate. Um, uh, wasn't it Collins when he first got there? Oh, no, you're right. That was Kerry Collins. But Kerry Collins went to a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. he got smoked, <laughs> but he went to a Super Bowl. Um, Tony Gonzalez, maybe? Maybe. Hopefully, you know? Yeah. There's a couple guys, I'm yeah. sure, but a couple guys, a couple guys. It's yeah. just not that. It's not that common. I think it's not necessarily fair to downgrade a tight end just because they played with a good quarterback. Um, I mean, you, we've talked about it before. Russell Wilson seems to make whoever the tight end is good, uh, that's and that's another reason yeah. why you just Franchise quarterbacks that, do that. Yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, personally, I wouldn't. I would rather spend seven million on Ebron. And I don't think 10 is going to get it done for Hooper. I think he might end up being in the 11, 12 million dollar range. Um, you know, and I think that's yeah, going to I don't be know. An, that's going to be an overpay. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's a draft too. Like if, I think a good good tight ends will be on the board when we're picking. Agreed, but it's, it's historically yeah, non first round tight ends do not come into the league and produce. All right. Like. It's just, you know, Kittle is an outlier. I mean, and I guess they thought Shaheen was going to be a guy, but, like, I mean, you look at, you know, there's not like a Stern, a Noah Fant or, you know, uh, type of that type of player in this draft. Um, you know, so that's what people are saying. I mean, that there's a, there's a good amount of tight ends, but there's no first-round picks at tight end in this draft. Maybe one. Yeah. You know, it might be Komet could end up being in the bottom of the first I've, round. I've seen maybe. him mocked in the first round, yeah. Yeah, or maybe somebody somebody picks Claypool and and tries to make him a tight end. Um, but I heard yeah. he was opposed to that. You know, I, it's so. yeah. You can't. That's that's gonna be tough for him. I think. I think. I he, mean, if you get drafted, you got to do what they want you to do. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, so I don't and know. Even I mean, from a receiver standpoint, if he can stay healthy, I get it. But like he all around, like blocking, I would rather have Cameron Brait because, well, Brait's not the best blocker, but I think he he's really with, with Howard there. I think he hasn't been given the opportunity. Right, but but let's assume that let's assume that Dalton is the guy, and let's assume that we had to give up something to get Dalton, and maybe it's a fifth rounder. So now you gave up a fifth-round pick to get Dalton. Now you're going to, what, give up a sixth or something to get Breit? Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, I guess you could say, well, I know we don't have to pick up tight end, so so that's cool. Right. Um, and then Breit is not – Breit makes $6, 7000000 million, I think, a year right now. He's still signed for, like, three more seasons, which is right. good, I suppose. But I also look at Braden and go, how did he not catch more passes when Jameis Winston threw the ball 600 times and you got Evans and uh, the rookie killing it? <laughs> like, where are the balls pause for Brady? Right. You know, so that's that's I think it's just like and the same thing with O.G. Howard. People are like get O.G. Howard. And I'm like O.G. Howard is not good because if he was anything, he I would, would have some Howard production. Yeah, I would take him. I guess. I mean, I also think I also think that let's not forget that they that they also hired a new tight end coach, the 
you know, Barone guy. So I think, you know, they're hoping that he's going to be able to get something out of the guys they have on the roster. I think Holtz is going to come back, uh, even though we love Broniker on this show. Sorry, Jer. Um, he's probably not coming back. I don't think there's any way Shaheen comes back. I think they like Horstead. I think that uh, the other kid from Atlanta, um, whose name's escaping me, could could maybe stick around. But, you know, I mean, so I don't know how many slots there are, uh, you know. Yep. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I just I hope that I think that fans really want them to go make a splash. I just feel like I don't know if Hooper is really that guy. And then also Jimmy Graham could be out there, you know. And yeah, I think Hooper's to play. exactly like he fit that system. And Matt Ryan spread he could he throws a rock around. You know what I mean? That like, coming to a team like right. this, like I could see okay. Packers take him. They got a franchise quarterback. What's he coming here to? Who's he coming here to play with? That, that's the the biggest thing. I don't like buy you said, the Packers. Sometimes quarterbacks quarterbacks make the player too. I don't buy the Packers being interested in him. They're cap. Mm-hmm. They're too strapped for cap. I haven't even and looked they at their just, cap. They just lost, they lost both their tight ends though. Lewis is gone too, right? Marcus. No, they drafted that kid. They drafted. No, no, I'm just saying player. Lewis, Lewis and Graham are gone though. Correct. Graham right. is uh, likely not coming back, but yep. I think if you could, I don't know what Graham can command. I mean, you you always want to look out for the Patriots in that regard, but I think he's spent. Maybe. I mean, people said that before he went back to you know before he went back to Green Bay, and then he kind of had mm-hmm. some production. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just I just it's. Hooper feels like a reach at that high of money. Uh, but then by the same token, I guess you could say that, like. It's not a super you know, deep tight end free agency. You always get the guys that get overpaid. It's right. But then, but then, you know, what you have coming up is two guys that are going to be 15 to $17 million a season, maybe more. I mean, Kelsey could, Kelsey and Kittle could, could be up $20 million a season. If they, especially if they have seasons like they've been having, right? So, Henry's going to be franchised most likely from what I'm, what I've been yeah. reading. Right. So I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, that's what's cool. Oh, yeah. Covers about to meet the road. Um, it doesn't get it doesn't get dull. I mean, you know, it gets a little repetitive sometimes. And I know uh, Bears fans kind of, you know, I mean, we get sick of it too. Don't get us wrong. You know, I mean, we love to stir it up and chop it up, but but it gets. I mean, it gets hard. You know, especially when. Like I said, we're just so tired of wringing our hands and wondering why not us and when will we have, you know, uh, nice things, you know, and when can we uh, buy a quarterback jersey we we would uh, feel good about owning for longer than a, than a couple seasons. Right. Or not be not be embarrassed to wear. You know, it's like, it's gonna be interesting though. Maybe next week we'll we'll kick around who who we want to see in free agency because it's coming up soon, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that that about wraps us up. Um, you can find uh, the Tailgate Show on Twitter. Uh, please check out the website, brawlnetwork.com. Uh, there's merch on there. There's a Fanatics oh. link that's right on the site. You can uh, hit that Fanatics link, buy all your NFL official license gear. Um, there's lots of Brawl uh, T-shirts, the Tailgate Show T-shirts uh, to choose from. 
Uh, all the brawl pods are, are coming. Um, definitely check out NFL Brawl. They've been having some great guests. Uh, Steve Weichi last week and uh, yeah, Matt Miller the week before. Um, that, that show is definitely um, bringing the heavy hitters. Yep. And, um, you know, if you uh, – uh, have the uh, chance to give us a little review, give us a little rate, check us out. Uh, shout out to Jer. Jer is uh, watching a, a cool concert right now, um, doing his uh, Deadhead thing or something. Um, ginger Unicorn man, on the prowl, yeah. <laughs> yep, the Ginger Unicorn. Um, so shout out to him. He was not able to join us, but uh, he's always with us in spirit. And um, that's hey. it. Just another episode. Go ahead. Hey, thanks a lot, Bill Zimmerman, man. Great guest. Yeah. Really enjoyed him. Absolutely. Yeah, check him out uh, on Twitter. I'm mean, sure all the people that listen to the show are well aware of him. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, check him out. And uh, it's just another episode of a Detailgate Show. The Bars. The Dalton. It's a good <laughs> Chicago quarterback radio name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been on hold for 45 minutes. I want to talk about Andy Dalton. I can't believe that Ryan Pace brought this guy in. He's a bum. (laughs) 